This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue line. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He jumps it himself. Looking for back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are uh, on to division number seven here in the NFL as we uh, make our way through our 2020 NFL season preview by doing projections for each of the divisions uh, around the league. And uh, yes, we've knocked out uh, I guess six thus far, and uh, now we are on to number seven which is the NFC South. And, yes, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, that, of course, means that we're going to save uh, our favorites, the AFC South, for uh, the next episode. Uh, so there's your uh, spoiler alert uh, for the next one. Quite a tease, Dylan, for our regular listeners uh, when it comes to the AFC South. They know that's our brand, and uh, that will be the one we turn to in the next episode. But for now, the NFC South. And uh, as uh, we have talked a lot about this offseason, boy, the NFC South looks a little different, and um, it has a lot to do with Tom Brady's arrival with the Tampa Bay Bucks, which uh, I would like to remind everyone we called right here on this podcast uh, before mm-hmm. anyone else. Uh, we said Tom Brady to the Bucks. Actually, I don't think we said that, Dylan. I think we just uh, – I was one that said, you know what, <laughs> I would love to see him with the Bucks. Didn't think there was any chance of it happening, but it has, and uh, that has changed the landscape Of the NFC South, uh, of course, Teddy Bridgewater, now the quarterback with the Panthers. Matt Rule, the head coach there. Uh, The Falcons got pretty much their same nucleus back, except that they've now added Todd Gurley. And we know what the Saints have. Uh, They are going to be a team that uh, has one of the best wide receivers, uh, one of the most experienced quarterbacks in that offense that's going to be hard to stop. So, Dylan, that makes for a pretty fun division here uh, in the NFC South. Yeah, really excited to see what these, especially at the top with the Buccaneers, for so long the Saints have just 
kind of, I mean, even though it's division, we've seen teams fluctuate in terms of winning it. The Saints have kind of been the dominant power for the last few years. And now to actually have an opponent that we think is going to match up well with them in Tampa Bay, we haven't seen them on the field. And uh, even without the preseason games now, the season's really creeping up much quicker than it uh, feels like. And it's weird to think about the games actually starting in a few weeks here. You know, we haven't seen any football. We'll see how that affects Tampa Bay and how quickly they're able to, to mesh without those preseason games. Yeah, in terms of Brady, we, yeah, maybe we didn't call him going to the Bucks necessarily, but before when we didn't have any uh, sources or anything close to that. But yeah, when we looked at the best situation in terms of the fit, and uh, you know, obviously Tampa Bay's defense, we've talked about and here how they're pretty underrated last year, finishing fifth in overall DVOA. All the weapons they have in the passing game, offensive line improved. They obviously get the big pick with Tristan Works there. So yeah, I mean, it, it made sense from a football point of view, and now you see two of the. <laughs> Two guys that have been dominating at the quarterback position in the NFL for so long in Brady and Breeze. They've almost met in the Super Bowl a couple times. Each time, one of them has just been knocked out right before on the doorstep. And now they're in the same division. It's going to be exciting to see uh, between those two teams. And, yeah, between the Falcons and Panthers, I maybe have less optimism for Atlanta than past years. have kind of been fatigued with all the times we have expectations for them. But, yeah, they do have a little bit of some new faces. Also, Dante Fowler getting uh, some of these old Rams back together there. And then the Panthers are, yeah, maybe a more interesting team in terms of we don't really know exactly what it's all going to look like here with Matt Rule as the head coach. Um, uh, we can imagine what he's going <laughs> to try to implement there and what they're going to do with uh, that offense. Obviously, the defensive line was a huge problem last year. Derek Brown should be a filling nicely there in the middle of that defense. So uh, still two teams at the bottom that are intriguing and overall across the division, even if there's only two teams that I think are going to probably be in the playoffs, I still think top to bottom's division is just as intriguing as any we've talked about so far. Yeah, basically what we're saying is Tom Brady listened to our podcast uh, when we mentioned him going to the Bucks before all the uh, rumors and said, you know what, that makes the most sense. He decided to go to Tampa Bay, uh, and that's why he's there. Of course we're kidding, but uh, it was a move that – I think we all looked at it and said, man, that would make a lot of sense because of the mm-hmm. you know the nucleus they have in place there, Bruce Arians. It made a lot of sense, and uh, we will get to the Bucks here in a second. But we're going to start with our ceiling floor projections, which is what we've been doing with all these divisions. Uh, each team, we pick a ceiling, we pick a floor. Uh, what is the best-case scenario? What could be the worst-case scenario for this particular team going into the 2020 season. And we'll start with the Panthers. Um, as you mentioned, Matt Rule's there. A lot of unknowns when you have a, a college coach that, you know, comes straight from college to the NFL. We've seen guys do it before. hasn't worked out so well. Uh, we've seen other guys that, that have made it work. And uh, I think something else to keep in mind there, you know, you had Joe Brady uh, as an offensive mind who was kind mm-hmm. of the, the wizard everybody looked at uh, as at LSU when Joe Burrow was there. They won the national championship this past year. Um, so there's lots of interesting elements uh, on offense. But, Dylan, the defense, um, that is something that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We saw that defense go backwards the past couple seasons, really. That's what has maybe led to this mm-hmm. team's downfall to the point to where they are now. Um, I, my guess is, I, I, I'm going to say this, but, you know, even with Christian McCaffrey, it's always hard to look at it and say, man, this guy can do so many things well that he's going to keep them in some of these games. But I mm-hmm. think it's probably safe to assume that they're going to be the fourth best team in this division this year. Um, as for what the ceiling and the floor is, I guess if everything to get, came together quickly offensively, because you do have such an offensive-focused, you know, system and uh, a mm-hmm. head coach there now, and, and certainly, you know, Bridgewater's there. He's got some momentum, some confidence. I, I don't know. I still feel like I probably wouldn't go any higher than, than eight wins for them. 
Um, that even yeah. may be a little bit high, but I'm, I'm looking at the offensive weapons, the potential, if in a best-case scenario, I guess I will go to eight with it. Uh, but worst-case scenario, if that offense doesn't all come together, if Teddy Bridgewater you know, is up and down, inconsistent, um, their wide receiver group, yeah, they're all solid, but you know we're not. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're looking yet at DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, kind of as that guy that can just completely take over a game. And, and maybe that's not being fair enough to DJ Moore because I do think he's still kind of underrated. But yeah. I don't know. Like they, they're a hard team to figure out. I may go four. I'll say four to eight in terms of the in terms of the floor to ceiling range for them. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, they only winning five games, obviously, last year. I don't think it's uh, ridiculous to consider them possibly dropping a bit as they adjust here. Yeah. Um, they can't only really can go up, though, in the passing game. They finished 31st uh, throwing the ball last year in DVOA. I feel like with Teddy Bridgewater and, yeah, you mentioned the coaching staff and what they got there with Joe Brady and Matt Rule, you feel like at, at just a baseline level they're going to be at least a little better <laughs> passing the ball. I, I you know, you know, running the ball, I don't know if they're going to get much better than they did last year with McCaffrey. Obviously, he's a big part of the passing game too. But the offensive line is just kind of average. So, you know, I'm curious to see. I, you know, excited for Teddy. And obviously, going into last year, he stayed in New Orleans instead of joining the Dolphins. That worked out pretty well for him now with his contract with Carolina. But he goes from one of the better offensive lines in New Orleans in the NFL to one that's it's fine. And and obviously, he doesn't have a Michael Thomas. He doesn't. Have and you know even though these coaches were excited to see what they're going to do, uh, they don't have the track record in the NFL as a Sean Payton. So it's there's a lot of uncertainty still about the offense. As you mentioned, the receiving corps, solid players, but no guys that are just you know real stars. And then the defense, the secondary performed quite well last year, but they obviously didn't have to at a lot of times have to face a ton of uh, big passing situations because they were losing games and teams could just run so easily at will against them. Derek Brown is probably going to have to be the biggest, most important player to this defense, uh, having any chance this year to <laughs> bounce back from yeah, finishing last in DVOA against the run. It was just ridiculous to watch them up front just get completely destroyed. It wasn't, there's <laughs> not a lot of thought that has to go into it when you're facing them at certain times. So uh, we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of pieces there. They've obviously, Keekly retires and just overall that defense from just a few years ago when they went 15 and one, so many of those guys, the turnover, it's just a completely different group there. Eli Apple will be interesting in a corner too. They draft Jeremy Chen in the second round, Peter Gross Matos. I mean, they got some, they, they definitely invested obviously with their top draft picks on, on the defensive side. And uh, those guys, if they, you know, maybe in, within a few years, they'll be part of a nucleus for this defense as they try to come back up and be a playoff contender again. But uh, they're just, they're still too early and, it is kind of weird thinking about just a couple of years ago when Cam was still playing pretty well. They started, I think, 6-2 and two in 2018, and everything kind of fell apart and all the injuries last year again, and you combine that you know, with all the defensive turnover. It's just, it's just a time of flux, and while I, I do have some belief and I'm excited to see what Matt Rule and Joe Brady and, and this whole uh, organization can do and their whole focus here, uh, yeah, I do think they're still in an earlier part of the phase. So, yeah, going for the ceiling, I, eight wins sounds right. I might shade more to seven. Yeah. Um, just uh, I, the schedule's not insanely difficult. I think it's tied for 18th based on last year's record. So not really the toughest schedule, but I'll, I'll go with five wins as my floor. Maybe that's being, uh, I don't know. Cause you, I could, you know, actually I'll go with, I'll go with four as well. I, you could see, you could see it just not working on defense and it's just yep. them needing time to get the system to work. Teddy's struggling a bit with the offensive line, not being as dominant and uh, some of the guys not being as, 
they get threats. It's it's going to be interesting. It's uh, another team where, and again, you'd love to see them in the preseason. One of these teams where I'm like, you know, even though <laughs> you can only make so much of the preseason, yeah, uh, you still can see certain moments and certain flashes and certain guys that might contribute that we're not really thinking about now um, that we're not going to be able to see until a few weeks into the year. Yeah, I'm looking at this schedule. I think it may wind up being a little tougher than we think. You know, this division, uh, we have to keep in mind, they get the NFC North and the AFC mm-hmm. West, and I think those are two divisions – you know, we talked about the, we've talked about both of them, but um, you know, NFC North, you've got probably for like three potential playoff teams there if everything goes right for the Bears. AFC West, I mean, technically could be the same thing. Um, you know, depending what mm-hmm. happens with the Raiders and the Chargers, they have to go to Kansas City, they have to go to Minnesota, they have to go to Green Bay, um, and that's in addition to the road games they got to play the division opponents at New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Atlanta. So. Um, mm-hmm. I, that could be a tougher one. And, you know, they get teams like the Cardinals at home. They get the Bears at home, the Raiders, um, you know, and then the Lions, which you better win that one's all I'm going to say. But, um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> – yeah, more I think about it, like I feel like that yeah, – maybe I'm going a little too high with eight. But we'll stick with that, again, because of their offense. Uh, maybe the Panthers are able to get on track there in your run under Matt Rule. Now we turn our attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, uh, as we said, they're bringing in Tom Brady. Um, they've got the offensive weapons. Uh, we, we mention Tom Brady all the time. We're not even talking about Gronk. Like, Gronk's there now. Um, you put Gronk alongside Cameron Braid or O.J. Howard. Man, this um, this passing <laughs> offense is just – it's something. And I think you look at it that – you know, the running back situation, we'll talk about a little bit more in a bit uh, because I'm actually going to pick someone in there uh, as uh, my, my breakout player. going to go ahead and spoil it now. But – you know, I think there's that's an interesting situation to look at um, because you would need someone like LaShawn McCoy, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, guys like that to sort of step up. Uh, you know, Ronald Jones really, I thought, you know, obviously made big strides last year, but the defense still, um, I think that's something we talked about last year, Dylan. It got yep. better, and now I think the biggest thing for this team, we know kind of what to expect in the offense. Maybe we don't know exactly where Brady's at, but – we know that the offense has a lot of playmakers, and that's going to make the transition easier for him. But this defense, man, you look at what they have now on defense. Um, we know what Shaq Barrett did last year. Mm-hmm. If it can make the strides they made last year, take another step forward, I mean, look, it's it's understandable why why they're a team that people think can can get to the Super Bowl, even in what what appears to be a pretty tough division and obviously a tough NFC. Yeah, if you just look even, uh, just real quick, even thinking before Tom Brady goes there, you look at last year's record, and they're, uh, they finished with a 7-9 record, but they lost six games by one score, a lot of really brutal uh, losses, a couple losses in overtime, obviously the pick six and the, the last throw by Jameis Winston in the Buccaneers uniform sticks out. But yeah, throughout the year, they were competing with some pretty good teams. They, they had some decent wins. They almost won in Seattle. I mean, they... <laughs> They weren't bad <laughs> yeah. by any means. Uh, I mean, I think the defense, again, was, you know, outside of, if you look at the regular stats, it uh, wasn't quite standing out the same way as it is with the advanced DVOA stats because they just were put into so many awful situations by constantly being defending really short fields after turnovers. And, yeah, and then you bring in Tom Brady. Obviously, he's not the same guy he used to be, but I still think he's going to bounce back from uh, some of the performances from last year. All the fire, all the firepower they have, obviously with their weapons on offense. Uh, you know, we we don't we've talked about them quite a few times here on this podcast. Obviously, the offensive line getting better, not necessarily a top ten unit, but good enough. Um, it's still not maybe one of the offensive lines that Brady has uh, been able to enjoy in the last few years in New, York, in New England, but I still think they have enough talent 
yeah, the running game on offense is a thing that last year they struggled immensely with 26th in DVOA. That has to bounce back. Obviously, I don't know if the defense is going to be able to stay top five. That is pretty high, but if they can still stay a top 10 defense, obviously we expect a lot from this offense. Well, we're talking about a team we think is going to make the playoffs and will be a big disappointment if they don't. Uh, yeah, that does make the schedules, uh, looking back at the ones for, as we mentioned, the Panthers and then the, the Falcons as well. It makes their schedules a, a bit tougher when you think about what the Buccaneers have to offer this year. Um, I still think, you know, minute, like floor, I don't know if I can go under nine <laughs> wins. Is that is that too? I mean, they, they won seven games last year, and they really probably, based on all the one-score losses, like even with Jameis as their quarterback, they probably should have finished 8-8. Eight eight. And I think yeah. they're at least going to be a, a game better. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with nine is the absolute floor. That's probably still enough to get into a wild card spot. But I think the ceiling's 12, 13 wins, somewhere in that range. Um, it's, I, you know, I, I do think it's going to hurt them a bit having this uh, not being able to play these preseason games and the limited offseason activities. Obviously, there's a lot been made of Brady throwing with his guys and still getting that work in. But um, I, I still think it's going to have some effect. He's, he's talked about how he's still learning some of the, the uh, playbook and some of the language in there. So that, there might be a little bit of a, a, you know, might take a bit of a time for them to completely gel. But I still think they're good enough at the end of the day that, you know, it's going to fall probably somewhere in there. Like an 11-5 and five record wouldn't shock me and, a team that has, you know, once they get into the playoffs, uh, they haven't been in so long. I think if their defense can stay in that top, top unit, they have every right to be considered as a possible Super Bowl team. I don't, I'm not, I probably won't pick them when we get to our predictions episode. I think there's still too many other teams that have, that have that continuity that I believe in. But I think they're, if they get hot at the right time, they have the talent to make a run. Yeah, whereas the Panthers, uh, we talk about schedules, whereas the Panthers have to go to Green Bay, to Kansas City, to Minnesota. Well, Tampa Bay gets all three of those at home. So that's a positive uh, for sure. And, and, of course, we say that with the caveat that, you know, we don't we don't expect there to be fans in the stands. Um, so any way you look at it, like we've, we've gone into that before, of course. <laughs> Road games, home games, they, they could feel actually somewhat similar this year. But at the same time, uh, they're still significant in terms of all the protocols and such that can come along with them, especially in this type of uh, scenario. So uh, that's how it looks there for, for the Bucks, and, and I would probably be with you. Like, I think I would probably say nine would be the floor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know if I would go up to, like, 12. I think maybe that's that's too much, but I don't know, though. Like, I, I honestly mm, – I don't know. Like, I think they could get there. So I'm actually going to say 9-12, to 12, and, and that's, yeah. again, probably being, you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't expect them, you know, all those those teams we mentioned. Um, there, there's some really good teams there, and you've got Super Bowl contenders. So uh, it'll be hard to do, but I'll go 9-12, to 12, say best-case scenario, they can get to 12 uh, in that scenario. So we'll look at that there with the Buccaneers. Uh, but uh, before we look at uh, some of the rest of these teams here uh, in the NFC South, we are going to turn our attention to TheraOne. Uh, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. And yes, I am over here raising my hand right now uh, because everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products started by Dr. Jason Worsland. TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind, it starts with a revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy 
device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain to contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USD, USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep texture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, how about this? Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. And, of course, uh, NFL coming back Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are back with the NFL and with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels are there. You never have to miss your favorite teams and favorite players. So no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Dylan, let's talk about the Falcons. Um, trying to remember, did we both pick the Falcons to make the playoffs last year? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, pretty sure I picked them as a, a wild card. I think I, I did, too. I think when we talked about it, I, I want to say that I like was considering possibly being like, oh, maybe they could be a dark horse to win the division, but... <laughs> It's pretty funny thinking about it now. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. We both picked them to make the playoffs, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, once again, they were just a team that they got hit with injuries. Um, They just were were not what they needed to be. But yet, you know, you look at them, and it's easy to understand, I think, why we have the appeal with the Falcons, because you see Mm -hmm. Julio Jones, you see Calvin Ridley, who's kind of on that, that brink of becoming a star, um, Matt Ryan, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like he still doesn't get enough value for what he's done. And a lot of people may look at it and say, well, their defense has been so bad. But I still think you'd much rather have someone like Matt Ryan under center than, than quite frankly, a large percentage of other quarterbacks in the NFL based on what yeah. he's been able to accomplish. Todd Gurley's there now. Uh, but everything we talk about is going to be the defense. And I think that's what we're going to look at this season and wonder – you know, can that defense be what it needs to be? Um, and can Todd Gurley, I think, be what he needs to be? Because that running game would take a lot of pressure off the passing game, um, yeah. you know, to be able to, to be more effective. They're already effective. But I just – it's all going to be defense. And adding Dante Fowler, um, you know, they drafted A.J. Terrell early. We talked about that. A lot of people thought it was a reach. But clearly someone they felt like fits exactly the way they – what they need is from a quarterback – um, so I, I am in another weird spot with the Falcons. Like, I don't even know what the range is right now. I'll figure it out in a second. Uh, but I'm going to put you on the spot first because man, this is a team that's, you know, if they stay healthy, like 
I can see them getting, you know, double-digit wins, but it's just, boy, it's really hard to kind of, I think you said it best earlier, we've kind of gotten that fatigue from the Falcons where it's like, do I really want to go down this road again of picking them to, you know, be a, a top playoff team and all this, and it's just hard to do, I think. Yeah, even if the defense does respond and they finish 25th in passing DVOA, 20th overall, they're okay against the run. But I just, I mean, yeah, they, they get A.J. Terrell, and he's going to, you know, it looks like he's probably going to start right off the bat at corner. And I don't know if that <laughs> huge of a difference that makes. Like, he'd have to exceed uh, expectations from where he went and where he ranked above other corners. He's going to, uh, you know, immediately change that defense. I think there's just a collective, a lot of guys that have, yeah, they've struggled with injuries, as you mentioned. If they can stay healthy in the secondary, that'll go a long way. But I'm still still not completely sold. I'm still high on Deion Jones, but there's only so much he can do there. Uh, if Dante Fowler was strong with the Rams, but I, I mean, it's hard to just expect him to, to keep up what he already was doing when he helped the Rams be a top 10 DVOA defense last year. So I, I that yeah that starts there. The uncertainty with that defense is a huge problem. And then the offense, I, I'm just as much as I want to believe in Matt Ryan, I do think he's a much better option as you mentioned than so many other quarterbacks. He the offensive line is the worst it's been in his career. Last year was the worst rank they've had of the entire Matt Ryan era according to Pro Football Focus. They're predicted to be the 24th best offensive line this year, mm-hmm. and that does not bode well for running the ball for Todd Gurley. I mean, even though the Rams' offensive line was pretty bad last year, it was a little better than that, and <laughs> you're playing yeah. with an offensive line that's uh, considered to be a little bit worse and uh, expecting things to suddenly improve. You, you don't have, obviously, the, all the years when Matt Ryan was MVP with Kyle Shanahan. You don't have, at least with the Rams, the McVay mind. I don't know if you're fully believing what Derek Cutter's going to be able to do there uh, again this year. And I don't know, man. I'm I'm lower than <laughs> I've... Yeah, going into last year, I, I had optimism for the defense. I don't really have it now, even with the additions. The offensive line taking the step back like it did I you know they I just it's hard for me to and then you look at the receiving corps obviously Julio Jones is still one of the best receivers in the NFL Calvin Ridley took some major strides last year but after that there's not a lot of depth and it it's a little scary uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the floor I don't think their floors like way too low like maybe well looking at the schedule I'll, and I'll explain in a sec I'll, I'll put it at five I was thinking at six but you talk about yeah. Uh, the road games and the home and road <laughs> games, I'm sure you're going to get to that. But, you know, obviously they, they have to play just by being in the same division. They have to play one road game at the Bucks, one at the Saints. But then after that, yeah, they get the, the Packers and the Vikings and that and those matchups on the road. They get the Chiefs on the road. And then in their uh, NFC, uh, because they beat, and we, we mentioned this when we talked about this division uh, with our earlier preview back in, uh, in May, because they won that game at the end of the year, um, against the the Buccaneers, they flip from having to face, <laughs> I believe, the Giants. Instead, they have to play at the Cowboys, and it's yep. just that's a brutal that's a brutal turnover game that, that works in Tampa Bay's favor and not in Atlanta's. So that's yeah, that schedule and those road games are, are why I put five wins as my as my floor. I'll put the ceiling uh, just barely above Carolina. I honestly, I'll put it at eight, but I honestly think Carolina has a chance to be. By the end of the season, at least the same record, if not maybe one game better in Atlanta. I'm just, I'm, I'm really falling off. I don't know how, if this is, obviously things are different with um, COVID and if Dan Quinn's going to be able to get another chance if they struggle again. But it just feels like it's kind of stale now the, the where they're at. And I think they're going to have to need some overhaul because it's just, I'm just not really believing what I'm seeing until they start, you know, playing up to the talent, until Todd Gurley suddenly takes off. And like, it's just, 
as much as I you know love Todd Gurley, I just you need you like any running back, you need a good offensive line to yeah. succeed, and I just don't see it there. Yeah, they also have the Seahawks in there. They play the first game of the season against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't. It didn't turn out well for them schedule wise. I'll say that. And like I said, <laughs> I was I was going to bring that up, but you pretty much covered it. Having to to play all these games on the road, I I'm going to go six to nine. Um, I said earlier I may get them to ten. I, I just the more I look at the schedule, I just it's hard to do. Uh-huh. And, and like you said, I, I think they're hard to trust, and um, they're just one of those teams now that we've lumped into that category in terms of just being hard to trust based on what they've done in recent years um, and just needing to actually see it before I'm probably going to buy into them again. And so mm-hmm. um, I think I would put them in that 6-9 to nine range, which, look, nine, nine wins could get them in the playoffs. Um, we'll see. Like, I, I think it's going to be harder to do in, you know, basically maybe with how things could unfold in the NFC versus the AFC, but um, I, they could potentially be a playoff team. But uh, it's just, man, like you said, think about – Think about A.J. Terrell starting there at quarterback. Think about the quarterbacks he's going up against in this division. Um, not a, not an easy division mm-hmm. to be a cornerback in or a, a safety or anyone because uh, they just, man, Brady, Breeze, unreal. Um, speaking of Breeze, let's get to the Saints here. And uh, we talk about them. And, look, I mean, they're one, I think it's, you know, with the Bucks. it's almost like people want to say, all right, we want to see it from the Bucks. Are they going to be better than the Saints? And I think right now – there are a lot of people that would probably still look at the Saints and say, I just, I'd probably pick them maybe over the Bucks. I don't know where I'm at mm-hmm. on that at this point. I'll decide hopefully by the time we do our, our big predictions episode. But uh, the Saints are just, their defense is something where you look at that defense compared to some of these others. Um, you know, it's like the Falcons. Like the Falcons, they just, it's hard to look at them taking a step forward knowing that they're going to have to play an offense like this, but also that you have a team like the Saints who have a defense with all these guys on it. You know, you go up and down the line and you see all these guys that have made big contributions. Um, and then on offense, you know, they add Emmanuel Sanders. They've got a, a one-two punch at running back. They've even mm-hmm. got Ty Montgomery there now. Like, they've just got a lot of interesting pieces uh, on offense. And, you know, you expect Jared Cook to have a big season. Um, you know, Taysom Hills. They're just – we know what they can do on offense. And so I, I think the Saints, boy, right now if I had to put the number for them – I just – I don't think I could go less than 10 wins for them. Um, and that yeah. may be a stretch because they do play a tough schedule, like we said, based on the teams they have to play. Um, but, you know, they've, they've got to play the Niners. They've got to play the Packers. Of course, they've got to play the Bucks twice, the Falcons twice. They've got the Chiefs and the Vikings. But just like we said earlier, they mm-hmm. like the Bucks. They get the Packers. They get the Chiefs. They get the Vikings. They get the Niners all at home. And I think that's such a luxury to have. May not be in a season like this because, you know, we know how that Superdome crowd is and knowing that there's probably not going to be one this year, um, that's a little bit different. But at the same time, I just I think the, the Saints are going to be really good. And I, I don't think I could put them any lower than, than maybe 10. The more I look at the schedule, my mind mm-hmm. starts creeping back towards 9. But I'm yeah. uh, um, going to actually say, yeah, I'm going to go 10. Like, I, I just... <laughs> I keep trying to go back and forth. I'm going to say 10 wins, and I'm going to say, hmm, uh, I, I honestly, like, I think it's going to be hard to get to 13. I'm going to say 10 to 12, which that that's a smaller mm-hmm. range, but it's also a safer window for a team to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, 13 is really hard any year. and Obviously, they, they won 13 games last year. didn't even get a bye just because of yeah. the, the talent at the top of the division. I mean, 
I, I do wonder how much the lack of prep time this for this 2020 season is going to uh, benefit the Saints with all the continuity they have compared to Tampa Bay, as we talked about. Yeah. All the, uh, you know, completely different situation there on offense, especially. So, uh, and also, yeah, the, I mean, as much as Tampa Bay's offensive line has improved, the Saints still have one of the best units in the NFL. Last year finished fifth, according to PFF. They ranked them. Uh, expect them to finish second this year. They have, according to their rankings, the top tackle duo in the NFL. And, I mean, that offensive line is wide. I and mean, Breeze obviously throws so quickly, but even if he didn't, I mean, he's always has so much time. Obviously, their running game is so electric. Yeah. Uh, they have so much talent. And, I, yeah, because of the schedule, I guess I will go 10 instead of 11. I don't – I wouldn't – I just – I have too much belief in what they've done the last few years. I don't see them losing more than 10 games. Uh, even with the tough opponents, as you mentioned, most of them are at home, though, just like Tampa Bay. Um, and I, I just – the defense is so solid. That we've, I mentioned, I think, in one of the other preview episodes, they're one of three teams in the NFL to have a top uh, 11 DVOA offense and defense. So, that, I mean, they're one of the more balanced teams in the NFL. Defense, I still think it's going to – you know, there's – they've kind of fluctuated some games where they look awful. Other games, uh, you think of the 49er game last year where they gave up almost 50 points and you – I think of some of the other performances they had, and they, they dominate the Cowboys and things like that. It's just, I don't know. Uh, I, I they would if they're going to lose more than six games, the defense is going to have to take a step back, and Breeze is really going to have to regress. I know there were some uh, points where there was concerns about uh, some. So I think it was shoulder. Something was up with his arm a little bit, where he wasn't throwing down the field as much last year. And um, I, I don't anticipate that being a huge concern. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders, another big weapon. I mean, it's just you look at their. And, it, you know, for all the times Breeze has made guys that are outside of their college, uh, wherever, whatever college I went to, and that their fan bases, they're kind of were no-name guys that have uh, made themselves decent names in New Orleans, and now you have that talent. I just – I think they still – I'll still put 13 wins as the, the ceiling because uh, that's not necessarily what I expect, but ceiling-wise, like, I could see them getting there yeah. if they perform really well in one-score games and beat some of these teams at home. And I, yeah, I think, the, the, again, the continuity, I think, is why right now I'm not sure who I'm going to pick in this division, but I'm leaning towards the Saints. And uh, they're about as sure a thing as you can get right now, I, right there with some of the you know the Chiefs, the Ravens, the 49ers. At least I think the 49ers are still in that sack grouping. of somewhat, One of the more sure things in terms of what I expect from this team and what they're going to do this year. And, yeah, the, another – I mean, they've had a lot of shots at the, at the getting back to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I haven't done it since they won one uh, over 10 years ago now. and But they've been right there on the doorstep. Maybe this is the year where even without the home field advantage that they benefit from, I still think there will be some home field advantage based on how these teams are going to have to travel and the, all the logistics behind that. Uh, but overall, I just, yeah, I, I think the Saints have as good a shot as anyone in the NFC to represent them in the Super Bowl. I think they could be as well prepared as any team in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl because of the, who they're going to play in the regular season. Like we didn't even mention they got to go to the Eagles. They got to play at the Broncos, who we're high on. Mm-hmm. Their their schedule is stacked. Um, so they're, they're, they're going to be challenged in the regular season, but that could be something that, that ultimately pays off in the playoffs, and they hope they do. Like you said, uh, certainly this year uh, they would hope that is going to be the case there for the Saints. All right, now we make our picks uh, for a couple of these uh, awards uh, for this division, and we're going to start with our breakout players. I teased it earlier. Um, I mentioned that running back trio for the Bucks. Uh, I think that they, one of those guys is going to have to break out for maybe the Bucks to truly reach their full offensive potential. They're still going to be ridiculously good uh, in the passing game, we know. But I'm going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn. I think because... Every, they signed LaShawn McCoy. I think everyone all of a sudden has penciled him in as the starter, which makes sense. But 
I think Dylan at the same time, you know, I feel like Ronald Jones is the guy that's probably going to get the the, the bulk of the work. I think even Bruce Arians Mm -hmm. said that. But I think the thing is, when you sign someone like LaShawn McCoy, everybody automatically jumps on and thinks, okay, well, he's going to be the number one guy or the number two guy or whatever. But there's a reason, I think, that they they took Keyshawn Vaughn where they took him. Um, He's a a versatile guy. And I think we talked about it before we started recording I mean, we, the expectation is not that LaShawn McCoy is going to play 16 games. Like, I just don't think he's at that point in his career. I mean, we've seen. Like, I just – we don't feel that way. And so, even if, you know, that doesn't happen, you know, Ronald Jones probably going to be the guy that gets the bulk of the work. But I think Keyshawn Vaughn could be someone that ultimately winds up being such a, a, a force in their offense that they can't afford to leave him off the field, whether that's in, you know, passing downs, they give him some more carries, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. I just really like him overall, and I think playing in an offense like this, you think about the yeah. opportunities that it's going to open, knowing that, okay, everybody's trying to figure out how to stop Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, up and down the line. I think that opens up a lot for their running game. And while, I mean, technically, I guess you could pick Ronald Jones. Like, I don't know if technically he's already broken yeah, out or not. Yeah, he's never broken out. <laughs> so that's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like he already has, but I guess if someone wanted to, to be technical about it, maybe you could pick him. But I'll go with the other guy, uh, mm-hmm. pick Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, I think, like you're saying, that it's a great opportunity there. In terms of LaShawn McCoy, if, you, yeah, if you're thinking he's going to be able to be the number one guy and consistently be like a bell cow back all year, that's just crazy given yeah. – uh, you know, just he, you know, he's had a fantastic career, but at this point, he's he's been on the field so many times, so many snaps, and I just don't see him being more than a, a guy that's splitting carries. And even then, I he's just some he's had some injuries lately where he's not able to stay on the field. So yeah, you look at Ronald Jones, obviously hasn't really taken advantage of the opportunity in terms of how you might have thought he would uh, when they when they brought him in there. Obviously, the offense line has improved, as we're mentioning. And just overall, I think the threat of them, I still think they're going to throw the ball a ton. But I think that does, like you're saying, benefit a guy that's as versatile as Keyshawn Vaughn um, and what he might be able to offer within that offense and maybe a, a James White-esque if we're going to the Tom Brady role yep. uh, with some of the guys he's played with in the past. So, I, yeah, I, I think he has a good shot to, to contribute definitely. And just overall, I mean, a lot of defenses are not going to be stacking the box against Tom Brady and, and those weapons, so that's going to open up opportunities for any of these running backs there in Tampa. Yep, for sure. And uh, I know for your choice, uh, you're going to uh, another offense that's going to probably wind up throwing the ball a lot uh, based on their, their personnel uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I considered going in a different direction with uh, staying with your team with the Bucks with Tyler Johnson. He was the other guy that I thought of maybe getting – uh, just with Godwin and Evans drawing so much attention, maybe benefiting as a, a possible number three receiver there. Um, but, yeah, I decided to go with a team that, yeah, I don't think I was too nice to the Falcons with my <laughs> description <laughs> under the floor and ceiling. But I, I do think that Hayden Hurst there at tight end, I wouldn't say he really broke out ever with Baltimore. Mark Andrews, obviously, the dominant tight end for so long there. I think Hayden Hurst filling in now with Austin Hooper leaving for Cleveland, I think he's going to have a good opportunity. We saw what Matt Ryan uh, did, has done with his Titans over the years what he did with Cooper over the years, and I think Hurst fills in nicely. And I, I, as I mentioned, I don't after Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, I don't have a ton of faith in their receiving corps. Uh, beyond that, Latron Treadwell, you know, yeah. obviously has bounced around quite a bit. Russell Gage, I mean, man, I, I don't. <laughs> it's just it's not it's not going to be that pretty. And I, I do think yeah, Hayden Hurst has a decent opportunity to be a good red zone target and be a at the end of the day a solid, maybe not you know, not a top ten fantasy tight end, but 
Yeah, you know, we'll see, I guess. I, yeah. I think he has a good opportunity there with Atlanta. Like you said, the offensive line issues, uh, Matt Ryan sometimes mm-hmm. had to lean on the tight end, and uh, he may yep. have to do that again this year, and that could result in Aiden Hurst getting a lot of looks uh, there as a potential breakout player. All right, let's make our picks for Division MVP here as we wrap up. And, uh, hey, Dylan, we've got a little bit more of a tough one on our hands here. We yep. uh seems like most of the ones thus far, we've been pretty sold uh, for the most part on picking our Division MVP. Of course, that's easy. When you have the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, the AFC North with uh, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, uh, you go up and down the line. NFC North, I think we picked Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's just so many different options yeah. uh, that you feel like are pretty much surefire picks. But with this one, uh, my my guess is you probably go one of three ways, and that's either Drew Brees, Tom Brady, maybe Christian McCaffrey, if the Panthers reach that mark of going beyond that eight-win total, having a chance mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, something like that, you would assume he's going to be the guy that has the best opportunity to do that. Um, I have decided, Dylan, that uh, I am going to go with Drew Brees. I, uh-huh. I'm, I'm just I'm at a point where I just think the Saints are the better team, at least right now. Mm-hmm. I could change my mind by the time we get to our big predictions episode. And so if I assume that they're going to win the division at this very second, which, again, I could change my mind, um, I'm going to pick the player that I think is going to have the most opportunity to, you know, just sort of – I mean, even Michael Thomas, I guess, he could have another ridiculous year, and and he could really – maybe we should throw him in the conversation. Uh, But I I just know what that – I know what to expect from that offense. Like, I kind of know what to expect from the Bucs, but it is different. And it's a different dynamic, and I think we're very interested to see how everything comes together. Um, but I will go with Drew Brees uh, for my division MVP. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I do think it's between the two quarterbacks. As much as you want to put McCaffrey in that conversation, yeah. I, I get like you said, you have to have like just one of the. I mean, he has already had historic seasons. But and they actually win. have to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have to win. That's the thing. It's like last year, obviously, it's such amazing numbers, but still, like, would you have put him? Above Breeze, I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess in terms of his value, you could argue that the, when Teddy was in there for New Orleans, they're still winning games, and that if the uh, Carolina offense didn't have McCaffrey, they would have been just a tire fire. So I suppose you can make that argument, but I, I do think it's between the quarterbacks, all just for to be a little different, and maybe for uh, it's not really hanging at my pick, but just also because I do think it could, uh, in terms of the stats, work out. I'll, I'll go with Tom Brady here as my division MVP. I do yep. think the Saints at this point, uh, as I kind of hinted, I, I think I'll probably pick them still to win the division. We'll <laughs> see if that changes over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I do think the Bucks are going to be right in the tail. I still think they're going to have 10, 11 wins, be a playoff team. And I do think, yeah, with the Bruce Arians, with those receiving weapons, with that offense, what they've, and the, you know, they're ha- they have still struggled with the running game. I do think they're going to be throwing the ball and have to throw the ball more than New Orleans does. Uh, Drew Brees still is going to put up, I'm sure, amazing amazing efficiencies and great numbers and still racks up a ton of passing yards and yak with uh, Alvin Kamara making plays in the passing game. But um, I, I guess you can make the argument at the end of the year that Brady's going to have the better stats. And if they're only one game behind the Saints or close to him, maybe they do win the division. I do think he's going to have a, a year where he proves, you know, that last year and some of the, the struggles that passing offense in New England wasn't. Uh, just because he's getting older, I think he's maybe, I don't know how many more great seasons we're going to see of Tom Brady, but I do think this is going to be one of them at least. I I don't anticipate him being worse than last year, and I think with the amount of weapons he has, the numbers are just going to be pretty pretty big there with Bruce Arians and Tampa. What a perfect way to end this podcast. We go with one of our brands and Tom Brady, and uh, we get ready to transition into our, our other brand, the AFC South, for the next episode. So there you go. 
Tom Brady, division MVP for Dylan. I'll go with Drew Brees. Uh, either way, I think we've got a pretty good chance for one of us to be right uh, on this. So there you go. There is an in-depth look at uh, our early projections for the NFC South for the 2020 season, and uh, we'll get more into our picks, as we said, uh, for the entire, uh, you know, this division, Super Bowl, all that good stuff when we get to our predictions episode here in a couple weeks. Uh, but for now, Dylan, uh, lots of great stuff going on for Clutch Points as we get ready for the start of the NFL season, doing a lot of more fantasy stuff now. Uh, if you're getting ready for your mm-hmm. draft, I know in uh, the family league of mine, uh, we're drafting here in, I think, less than two weeks now. So uh, starting to do my prep work with some of the stuff uh, we've done over at Clutch Points and, of course, the NBA playoffs going on now. All kinds of stuff going on over there. Yeah, I need to do my own fantasy research <laughs> as, the, as the Clutch Points league commissioner. I'll set the, yes. the uh, date there for a little bit closer to the start of the season. But, yeah, we have, as Blake mentioned, all that fantasy content a lot more we have scheduled out for the next couple of weeks a ton of stuff a lot of good things in terms of breakout players top ADP, ADP values our guys are likely to gain a lot of carries a lot of looks all that kind of stuff we have that all covered at clutch points if you go to clutchpoints.com search fantasy football there all of those articles will be included also a lot of player previews that we got going in terms of the app you can read all of our NFL content in the NFL section there. You can follow the games when they start. Usually, obviously, we'd have the preseason games. We'd be in, uh, coming up with week two, I think, right now. Uh, no games there, but we'll be ready for week one. You can follow all the MLB games that are still going on right now. Hopefully, they continue to go on. I know there's another scare with the Reds, but it looks like it might just be one player that got it. Um, and then the NBA, yeah, NBA playoffs starting today. You can you can follow along with the Raptors. We're currently uh, doubling up the Nets, 62 to 33 almost, so <laughs> almost doubling them up. Uh, all the games will be in the app there as well. And, uh, yeah, you can listen to us within the app, on the website, all the, all the places you listen to podcasts. And, uh, yeah, excited for to start doing that fantasy research. I'm, I might be a little behind on that compared to just looking at the actual teams. I need to look a little further into uh, what I'm thinking with some of these guys. Yep, lots of different dynamics to consider this season uh, and one like this. So when you think about fantasy and just NFL predictions in general, uh, making bets. For so many bets on games, <laughs> boy, this is going to be an interesting season. I think to do that when we consider uh, the home and away element and all that. But, yeah, check all this stuff out over Clutch Points. And, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Just search for it there. And thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past podcast. All right, guys, and of course, we have to talk about our friends at Bet Online. Sports are back, and uh, so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action. No better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. They're all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ory. You can see what they had to say on what it's like to play without fans. In a series they're calling Pandemic, you can check that out at Bet Online. All you gotta do visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember, use the promo code BlueWire to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BlueWire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts.